0: What's up, everybody? Let's talk about one of the most important things that you can spend your time on, brain optimization. I am joining you from the gym, which is my least favorite part of brain optimization, but it's an absolutely critical part. There are many things that you can do to get your cognition at the highest level possible, and I often hear people thinking that they can grind their way to a better performance and while working long hours is certainly one of the strategies that you can run to get ahead in life, I will say you have to be very careful not to spend extra hours in a suboptimal cognitive state. And that's what most people do is they think the first thing to go is sleep. The second thing to go is exercise. The third thing to go is diet. Things that we're going to be talking about today. And the reality is that the first thing you want to do is optimize your cognition so that all of the hours that you're spending on your chosen pursuit are things that are done at the highest possible level from a cognitive standpoint. Now, nobody wishes more than me that you did not need to pay attention to the body, that you could simply live this entirely cerebral life and get everything going that way. But the reality is that you cannot separate the organ of the brain from the rest of your body. This all works in concert, much to my dismay. So if you wanna be thinking quickly, if you wanna be thinking clearly, if you wanna be at your best, feeling good, operating at a high level, the reality is you must focus on cognitively optimizing. That's what we're gonna talk about today. one of the most important things that you can do is to get yourself in shape. Now, I am not a fan of working out. In fact, it is very fair to say that I really don't enjoy working out. But when I think about getting my brain in shape, one of the most important things you can do is get your blood pumping. Now I'm also not gonna lie, there are cognitive benefits psychologically if nothing else to also being strong and looking good. None of those are gonna hurt your feelings, but the real reason that I spend my time in the gym is that you're sending a very particular signal to your brain when you're working out. And so you increase the production of things like BDNF, um, brain derived neurotropic factor, if I remember all the letters correctly, but basically you're sending miracle grow to your brain to make sure that you're creating the optimal neurochemical soup that you need in order to be performing at a high level it really has big impacts on memory and so getting in the gym getting your blood pumping getting yourself in good shape is going to be a critical part of getting rid of brain fog making sure that you're incredibly sharp and making sure that you're creating the growth factors in your brain that you need to enhance your memory and that's going to be a big part of it so I personally go into the gym roughly five times a week. There are definitely times where I might miss a day, and there are some weeks where I might add a day. But on average, it comes out to be about five times a week. You can do any kind of different split that you like, but I personally find that weights over cardio um, is... One, it's far more pleasurable for me, and the best workout is the one that you will actually do. And so I'm far more likely to stick with a routine that is revolving around weightlifting. Now, I will often do the weights at a cardio pace, so I'm moving very quickly in the gym from thing to thing to thing, and not a lot of rest between periods, which has a twofold effect. One, I'm going to move quickly through my workout, so the amount of time that I need is very low and then the other part of that is that I'm actually getting that cardio workout. My heart is pumping, it's a very intense workout and that way it allows me to basically combine the two things. But some people prefer to do cardio and certainly getting yourself in cardio shape can be very advantageous as well, certainly for heart health, for your vasculature, all of that stuff is incredibly important to maintain well Diet, exercise, and sleep are gonna be the magic trifecta of a little bit of meditation thrown in. We're gonna cover all of that. But then finding if you're gonna do that split, how much can you mix it up? Now, I am particularly bad about mixing up my workouts. I'm just gonna be really honest. But having some sort of split, so you're not doing your full body every time is going to be better. So the way that I break it up is for me, I do a push, pull legs abs split so it's a three-day cycle that i rotate through so i typically start with my back and biceps so that's going to be your pull and then i go to chest shoulders triceps on the following day that's going to be your push and then i do legs and abs on a separate day and that's the basic split that i use in my gym i work out roughly Um, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes I might be able to get out a bit faster. Uh, Sometimes I have to get out faster if I've got a lot going on for the day, but that is the basic cycle. Put in the work, you will definitely get the results. Right. Meditation is one of the most important things in my life. It would be very fair to say that it changed my life. That is for sure. It might. It's a little bit of an exaggeration to say that it saved my life, but it certainly saved my sanity. And I resisted doing it for a long time. And I'm very glad that I finally met Mark Devine, who told me to stop being ridiculous and to start meditating and it really was a game changer. So managing your neurochemistry is one of the single most important things you can do. And understanding how to shift back and forth between the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. So sympathetic is the fight or flight response. So many of us that are hard charging you're gonna spend so much of your time there and it really does have some sort of cumulative effect so that after a while you just feel on edge all the time, the sense of you know something is wrong, you just feel antsy, unsettled and that can get really unbearable in your life and meditation is a magical way that nature has given us where you can reset that to absolute zero to where you feel completely calm and creative and anchored, it is truly a phenomenal gift of evolution that simply staying in a comfortable position, which I'm literally sitting exactly how I sit when I meditate, I breathe from my diaphragm down at your belly, and that by bringing your thoughts back only to the breath, back to your breath, nice and simply back to the breath, it's gonna wander. Your mind is gonna wander. You're not doing anything wrong. When your mind wanders that is the nature of the human mind so don't worry that you have what they call the monkey mind that your mind is constantly bouncing around to all these thoughts many of them negative just when you realize that your mind has wandered come back to the breath now i use headphones when i meditate and i play the sounds of nature typically my favorite is a thunderstorm there's something about hearing the rain and the occasional crack of thunder that just keeps bringing me back to the present moment, right there with the sound of that rain, the sound of that thunder, the rhythm of my breath. And then I find when I maximize the pleasure of each part of the breath cycle, so there are four parts to the breath cycle. There's the inhale, the inhale hold at the top, the exhale, and the exhale hold at the bottom and then you just repeat that cycle over and over. And I'll do a couple cycles here so you can see. Now, oftentimes people will talk about making each part of the breast cycle four equal parts. I have found that optimizing for the pleasure of each part of the breast cycle is a far more useful way for me, everybody needs to try for themselves, but a far more useful way for me to get what I call that background radiation, that anxiety, that stress, all of that down to zero. And so this is what it looks like for me. I sit cross-legged just because I find it comfortable. You don't need to, whatever's comfortable for you. I put my hands in my lap. I have found there's something weird about touching my hands together ever so lightly that I don't know if it creates like a circle of energy. I don't know, it sounds cheesy, but that's how it feels. And then I close my eyes and again, I would normally have my headphones over my ears listening to the sound of a thunderstorm, and then I just start my breath. I breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth, but whatever feels right for you. So, this is what it looks like for me. All right, can't help but be relaxed uh, doing that even just right now here on camera. And the key thing is you'll notice that for me, I hold at the top of the inhale for a very brief period of time, but then I hold the exhale for a much longer period of time. And the only reason that I do that is that it feels better. And so finding that rhythm for you is going to be the key. And then I meditate for the exact amount of time that it takes me to get completely calm and creative so that I have no background radiation, no sense of stress, no sense of anxiety. Sometimes it takes two minutes, sometimes it takes 45 minutes. Now it's never taken me longer than 45 minutes, even at the most stressed out and anxious I've ever been in my life, which is extraordinarily stressed. Uh, it's never taken me more than 45 minutes to get to complete equanimity. And that is worth its weight in gold. Now, my wife does not enjoy meditating, but she does enjoy drawing where she gets into a very meditative state. Now, I think that if she let herself off the hook and stop thinking that there's ever going to be a time where her mind uh, doesn't wander off onto things and just realize that's part of it and you just come back to the breath and you're gonna get better at it over time, that she would get additional benefit from traditional meditation, but, All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Anything, anything in your life that's meditative. Maybe it's the gym. Maybe it's drawing. Maybe it's cooking. Whatever your thing is, finding something that makes you feel absolutely calm and creative. Find that thing. At a biological level, it's going to help you. And few things will help you optimize your cognition better than meditation. So develop that practice. I promise you'll reap the rewards. All right, welcome to where the battle is won or lost. Now, all of the things that we're talking about today are important for cognitively optimizing, but very few will have the deleterious effect of failing to get your diet right. As somebody who went through a brief period where I could not understand what was going on, I had brain fog, I was tired, it literally felt like I had lost my will to fight. It was crazy, it was the weirdest period of my, Life as it relates to diet, that is for sure. And the culprit ended up being pecans. I still can't believe that that is true, but I know that if you're not feeling good in life, uh, at a physiological level, the first thing you should do is ask what am I eating a lot of, and then cut that out. It is shocking how much your diet impacts your cognition. So now what I'm showing you is basically everything that I eat. Now, full disclosure, If I make any error in my life, it is that I don't eat a wide enough variety of foods. But I'm going to be honest with you about what I eat. So this is my Monday through Friday diet in its entirety with the exception of jicama. I don't have any jicama, but I do eat a fair amount of that. All right, so the vast majority of my calories, um, so I eat a lot of meat, and the vast majority of my calories, this is a sponsor, but they're a sponsor because it's real. So Lisa and I, um, in trying to fix her gut, needed a good source of grass-fed and grass-finished meats. Um, so we get our meats almost exclusively from ButcherBox. Uh, again, they are a sponsor, but that is not why I eat them. Uh, I eat a lot of eggs, so intake calories um, a fair amount from eggs, and then between the different meat sources that we get. I have found that consuming a lot of vegetable matter does not sit well with me. I'm perfectly willing to accept that if I were to transition my microbiome slowly over time, that it may work, uh, but I have not found that advantageous. But I do eat a fair amount of green leafy vegetables. Three of my favorites right here. You've got bok choy, you've got um, kale, and collard greens are ones that I particularly enjoy. I also eat a lot of carrots and then for a snack i'll have berries so it's something very sweet almost always either blueberries raspberries sometimes blackberries Um, but those are the ones that i eat olive oil extra virgin olive oil is the um, the only oil that i use so be very very thoughtful about um, getting vegetable oil so Vegetable oils, A, they rancify, even just sitting on the shelf, and then they have a very low flash point or smoke point, um, so you can damage the fats in cooking. I use olive oil um, largely because it has a high smoke point, so it doesn't tend to get damaged in a normal cooking process. Of course, if you cook it too high or too long, it can. Um, and I probably get about, I don't know, 60 to 65% of my calories um, from meats and If you throw in the eggs, maybe it goes closer to 70, 75% of my calories. Um, And that's all that I eat Monday through Friday. Now, on the weekends, I eat differently. So on the weekends, I um, have a fair amount of sushi, uh, but it's mostly what I'll call clean sushi. So it's things like baked crab hand rolls. Um, So it's basically crab, rice, and avocado. Um, And... That helps me mix things up. I'll also get some of the things you see here or maybe like a a beef burger. I don't eat the bun or anything like that. It's literally just the patty, uh, which I tend to mix with eggs or bacon. Um, And yeah, that's my diet. Now, in terms of what I drink, I'm not sponsored by these guys. Uh, Just so happens that I mix cold brewed coffee because I don't like hot liquids. And uh, again, no sponsorship or anything, but I drink Perrier water and I mix them together. And that's very weird for people, but I don't like the idea of being addicted to caffeine. So I like to keep my caffeine intake very, very low. Um, So what I do is I take one of these and I normally have an empty one and I'll pour some from the full one into the empty one so that I get about a third of the coffee, then I mix with the water and I continue every drink that I take, I add more water until it reaches a point where I can sort of just barely taste the coffee. And the only reason I do that is that when you don't drink anything other than water, it gets a little bit tedious. So one, I like the sparkling water, and two, I like to mix it with the coffee just to get a little bit of a different flavor. And the reason that I chose coffee is I didn't wanna drink anything that humans haven't been drinking for thousands of years. That was the idea. And that actually made a big difference in my anxiety levels once I cut out all of my um, artificially sweetened beverages. So I was drinking a lot of zero-calorie Monster and a lot of Diet Coke, and I miss them, and they're amazing, and to anybody that drinks them, I get it. but I had begun to notice a tie between having that and feeling anxious. And so I decided to cut it out and just see if it would help, and it helped massively. I'll say it probably reduced my anxiety by about 70%, which is massive. So um, that's been a a big win. So this is it. Now, on the weekends, on a Saturday, I may have a full-blown cheat meal. I don't do it every weekend but I absolutely do it when I'm in the mood. It tends to be something like Cold Stone ice cream, which I absolutely love. Um, So I'm very thoughtful about how often I do that. I'm very thoughtful about monitoring my blood glucose levels. Uh, In fact, literally just off camera is a new blood glucose monitor that I'm excited to try out, um, a continuous glucose monitor. And I think it's really important to understand what your average glucose level is, like where are you spending the most of your time? Um, And then another big part of my strategy is intermittent fasting. And so I will intermittent fast seven days a week. There literally isn't a day, even during the Christmas season where I am totally off the chain in terms of my normal diet, uh, even then I'll do intermittent fasting. And I do that one for cognition. It is hugely valuable to staying sharp, to have these long periods of time without eating. And then usually one to two times a year, I'll do an extended fast and some of them might only be 24 hours, other times it might be up to um, 72 hours. I've done a full five-day fast before. That was miserable though, and I don't plan to be repeating that uh, unless some new evidence comes out that really shows that there's a huge difference between a 72-hour fast and a five-day fast. Um, I just found that it was like having the flu, I couldn't pay attention, it was just horrible. And I'm somebody who's keto-adapted, so for me, to really struggle at the five days, like it, it negatively impacted my business, which is something that I don't like to do. Um, and certainly had a negative impact on my cognition. I find a 24 hour fast is pretty amazing. Uh, longer than that, and I do find that it has negative impact on my performance, um, so I do limit that. But every day, literally every day, um, my average is probably about 17.5 hours. So that means there are some days that I'm doing, call it, 19 hours, and then other days on the weekend uh, where I'll do typically 16-ish hours. But in the wash, it comes out to about 17.5 when you factor it over the course of a year. Um, but that intermittent fasting is something that I do all the time, every day. It's just a natural part of my life. And the way that I do that is I have my last meal around 1:15, 2 p.m. at the latest. And then I don't eat again until the following morning. And then I'll usually eat somewhere between eight and nine. Um, Sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little bit later, depending on what I'm doing that day. But making sure that I get that average of 17.5 hours has been incredibly beneficial. So there's all kinds of health benefits, but in terms of its impact on body composition and cognition, it really can't be beat, especially when your diet consists of whole food. And that's the thing, other than the olive oil, everything that you see here on this table is the thing that you would see out and about. So the bacon looks like the flesh of a pig, as it is. And the eggs obviously are just whole eggs, the carrots, carrots, the berries, berries, the vegetable, vegetables. And so not eating processed food, eating whole food, where during the week, I'm gonna guess 95% of my calories, even including a week where I cheat, 92 to 95% of my calories are gonna come from whole food. Uh, and that's, that's been a huge win in terms of um, how I feel, how I sleep, Um, cognition, all of it is vastly improved by whole food. So that's my easy advice to people is to eat whole food whenever possible. And that's my diet. All right, Let's talk about the big daddy of all things related to cognitive optimization. And that is sleep. If I were going to say the two most important things that you can do to optimize your cognition is sleep and eat right. Those are the big ones but sleep is the one that will impact you the fastest. You could mess up your diet for a day, two days, maybe even a week before it really starts to hammer you, but man, you miss one night's sleep and there is a catastrophic cascade of biological problems that will present themselves rapidly. So somebody that gets, I think, less than six hours of sleep a night shows the same kind of blood glucose response as somebody who's pre-diabetic. So that gives you an idea. of. Missing only part of one night's sleep can have that kind of massive cellular impact. So being incredibly thoughtful about getting your sleep is super important. Now, as somebody who loves hustle porn and being hardcore and working an amazing amount, I do all of that with precious little negative impact to my sleep. I won't say that it never happens, especially not since I've gotten into NFTs. There has been some wobble in my perfect sleep record, Um, but it's really minor. And the reason that I do that is to me, being tired is a unique ring of hell. I do not understand people who are prepared to go their entire lives fatigued. It makes everything worse. Your ability to enjoy your life goes down. Your likelihood of being depressed goes way up. Your likelihood of having metabolic disturbances goes way up. There there are just so many things go wrong. And then of course, the most traumatically impacted is your ability to think clearly and think quickly. If you've ever gone even one night with bad sleep, let alone two or three nights, you can feel yourself declining rapidly in performance. In fact, if you take somebody that hasn't gotten any sleep and put them in a car, they have the same sort of delays that somebody who's intoxicated has. So the impacts on cognition cannot be overstated. So be very careful. If you're trying to be at your best, and really perform at an elite level. The thing that you must do is get sleep. So make sure that you're prioritizing your sleep. Now, how do we do that? How do we get sleep done in a high quality way? Number one is you wanna make sure that you're sleeping in a completely dark environment. So no night lights, hopefully no, even like charging lights or things like that. Now, one way I do to make myself absolutely bulletproof, not only do I have blackout curtains, but I, sleep with the blankets completely over my head. Now, admittedly, it didn't start for reasons of light pollution, but now as I get older, I'm actually grateful that my whole life, I've had this um, pattern of sleeping with the uh, blankets up over my head, which I know for some people is a just nightmare scenario, but for me, it's like, I mean, if I'm honest, it's like sleeping in a womb. It's just to be completely encased is so wonderful and it makes me feel so relaxed, absolutely incredible. Uh, And then the other thing that I do is I use white noise. And so to make sure that there are no little noises that are gonna wake me up in the middle of the night, I have white noise, basically sounds like a fan, um, but from a little machine that plays that consistent sound and that helps me sleep incredibly well. And then because my mind is so frequently in problem solving mode, what I've found is that about 30 minutes before I go to bed, I switch into narrative mode. And so I'm gonna be reading a book, I use Audible, but I'm gonna be listening to a book that shifts my mind out of problem-solving mode into narrative mode, and then if I wake up in the middle of the night, I keep next to me three pairs of iPod Pros so that I can put them in, I listen to the book, it makes sure that I don't go into problem-solving mode, that I can stay there in narrative mode, and I turn the volume down just to the point where a little bit of pressure on my ear is required to hear them perfectly. And so I'll put that bit of pressure, listen to the story. And then as I fall asleep, that pressure comes off my ear and now I can barely hear it and I fall right back to sleep. Now I will give you the advanced tip, which is don't pick an audiobook that has a bunch of murder in it because then you wake up to the narrator screaming and yelling and that was waking me up. So I had to, learn the hard way that there's a certain type of book that's a good engaging story but doesn't have narration where you know there's yelling and screaming at any point in the story and yeah the last thing that i will say about my sleep is that i go to bed at the same time every night which is 9 p.m i treat it like a religion i go to bed every night at that time sometimes a few minutes earlier if i can convince lisa and then the second part of that is that i don't set an alarm so i haven't set an alarm for the last know, 16 17 years at this point so trust me you can do amazing incredible things in your life without needing to set an alarm i get as much sleep as i need now i don't have kids so that is no doubt a big part of how i'm able to maintain that but the more that if you do have kids you can sleep closer to their sleep rhythms to make sure that you're getting as much sleep as you need and let me tell you if i had kids and i needed to go to bed at 7 p.m i would go to bed at 7 p.m So I'm gonna go to bed at whatever time I need to in order to get all the sleep that I need. If you need nine hours, get nine hours. Your brain shrinks in the middle of the night, which basically the inflammation is going down so that the glial system can flush everything out, get rid of any toxins that might be building up in the system, get rid of the amyloid plaques, which are very present in people that have Alzheimer's. Probably doesn't cause Alzheimer's, but nonetheless, it lets you know that it's doing something that we don't necessarily want sticking around. And I said the glial system, and I think I mean the glymphatic system. Somebody will have to fact check me on that, because I'm actually not sure which, but the brain shrinks nonetheless and allows you to clear out that system. Um, So being very thoughtful to get as much sleep as you need so that you can enjoy your life, so that on a biological cellular level that you're able to run all your processes, so that you're able to do all the memory consolidation, all the things that go along with the ancillary effects to sleeping and then making sure that you're able to think as clearly, sharply, and quickly as possible. And all of those things come down to the quality of your sleep, the quality of your diet, the quality of your exercise, and your ability to manage your psychological life, which we can do most easily through meditation. So, that in a bundle, my friends, is how you take care of yourself cognitively to make sure that you can deliver an elite level of performance day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. There's no reason that pursuing great things in your life needs to come at a toll, but you've gotta take care of that machinery that is your body, that is your mind. So be very thoughtful and I promise, the sky is truly the limit. All right guys, until next time my friends, be legendary, take care.